0: In an abandoned hall, half-buried in the veldt, the Emerald Duchess opens her eerie green eyes to the sight of light filtering in through the one window that remains. This is her place, and until now that has always been enough for her. But this morning, she emerges from the hall and stares out over the world of green that surrounds her, moved by a longing she doesn't understand. Or rather, by a longing she used to understand but had forgotten. Her venomous daemons swirl around her on the air in the shapes of birds and beetles and any number of shining green creatures. Idly, she thinks what a long time it has been since she has been in the city. So she begins to walk. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. Your host, I am your king. I am your ominous portent. It's me, cat. Hi. Hello, cat. Hi, cat. With me today. And all the time. For at the time of recording, three years. Woo-woo! It is my beloved cast. We have Kirsten. That's me. We have Kathleen. Hi. Kathleen. And we have Nick. We're finally out of the terrible twos. Finally, We're finally out of, out, them. out of the terrible twos. I said on Twitter that if the podcast was a baby, we'd be trying not to swear around it. <laughs> and that's more or less accurate. For, for for fear that it will pick them up. <laughs> Previously, on Sword of Symphonies, the party awakened to find their campsite swarming with whisper wool goats. The Eponymous goats of the goat home velt, mischievous little creatures whose fur muffles all sound around them. They tried to steal the food. They bullied the quartermaster, and eventually Cobb just kind of snatched one. Penelope immediately befriended it, gave it the name Amber. It is now her tiny bestie. And the party advanced toward the old capital. They passed the lodging of Tunhild the Garden Master General, according to the sign out front, the leader of a team of investigator rangers whose job it is to determine what areas of the veldt are safe for human occupation. You are, by the way, headed into the part that is not. But for now, you are walking through the lavenders as you were taught not to do. It is early in the day. It is hard to hear the rustle of your footsteps because you've got a lot of whisper wool just kind of in your inventory. Amber is recently shorn, seems to be having a wonderful time. And I think the plan was to try to spin cloaks, but I think the party quickly realized that that would be time and labor intensive and they didn't feel like it.
1: Also, we don't have a spinning wheel or anything like that. This is true.
2: Also, Penelope what? keeps getting distracted by just how adorable Amber is. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, 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 yes. Adorable.
1: Yes, Penelope is in no headspace to be doing, I guess, domestic crafting would be the best way to describe spinning. Yeah. I mean, that's not the best way to describe it, but that's those are the words that landed in my brain.
0: Fiber arts. Fiber arts. <laughs> Amber is doing happy little frolic through the lavenders, having a wonderful time. Does not care about your human superstitions. Eats a bunch of them.
1: I mean, really, it's less superstition and more of a this is the big, you know, like, be on the lookout for sharks kind of sign.
0: True. True, absolutely. Amber can't read. I would certainly hope not. Mm, Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just? Wouldn't it be terrible if Amber could read?
3: (laughs)
2: Um, I think Penelope is gonna roll a discovery check for make a daring roll.
0: Oh, trying to discover something dangerous.
2: Yeah. You know, in the back of her mind, she's thinking about the idea of crossing into the danger zone, so. Yeah.
1: She's just gonna find another knife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, two edge successes. Ooh. Maybe she finds said knife with her foot. <laughs> Edge
0: successes? Two
2: edge successes,
0: yes. (laughs) If you keep the edge successes, I will dramatically change course. Oh. Hmm. I will show you a pair of dangers, one of which is much closer than the other, and I will not tell you which.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, gonna go for it. So,
0: you see a couple things as you look out over the veldt. And you're nearly through the lavenders now. So you can see great swaths of green and patches of tawny grass. And on a low hill, probably several hours walk away, you see big black marks all over this hill. And looking down, You can see that the lavenders are bent by something that has walked through them recently. Well, recently is relative, I suppose. And you see just like a big old freaking paw print.
2: That's not good.
0: Oh, I assure you, neither is good.
2: (laughs) I think Penelope slows, crouches down, takes a look at the paw print... Um, about how big is it? Oh, goodness. It's, um, this
0: big. Oh, okay. If you, um, if you put your fists together flat side in, it's kind of that big. Oh, wow.
2: Okay. Well, not your fists. My fists. (laughs) Hey, uh, everyone, be on the lookout. There's, Mm -hmm. uh yeah, there's. Something quite large went through here not too long ago. Oh. Big, big paw print here. Oh. Don't recognize it though. I'm not sure what it's from, but whatever it is is huge. Mm. You can roll me understanding. Understanding survival? Yeah. Wow. Wow, that is a roll.
0: Is it now? What's up, buddy?
2: Three successes and one edge success. Oh, my. Oh. Wow. Oh, three successes
0: will tell you. Um, Well, I promised I wouldn't tell you how close it is. Okay. But I will tell you that this is the paw of a meow meow. Ooh, a big meow meow. A big old honking meow meow made this kind of paw print. Okay. And actually, you see another set not too far from here.
2: Oh, there's multiple... Yeah. Um well, it looks like some large feline creature, more than one. Uh keep watch everyone. They are s- stealthy and stalky creatures. Stalk is an S T A L K. Yeah.
0: You don't know how stocky these ones are in S-T-O-C-K-Y.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I can't tell that.
0: I mean, probably a little bit if they're leaving really even that big. Yeah. Probably got pretty big muscular, like, leggies.
2: That would be my guess, yeah.
4: Mm, the ones with big shoulders. Yeah. Tissa got two successes on understanding survival. Anything else to know?
0: Tissa notices on the air a lingering scent of burnt grass. Oh. And does note that, okay, cats tend to be ambush predators. Penelope was right. Stalky. You're probably going to be in better shape when you're out of the lavenders because they're growing kind of tall and quite densely. But the good news is that if they're not purple, they'll have trouble camouflaging.
4: Hmm. Um,
0: tell me a little bit more about that scent of burnt grass, though. Oh yeah, it, the air smells like burnt grass a little bit when the wind blows, right? Hmm. It's not strong enough that it's in your immediate vicinity, but you can smell it when the wind is right.
4: Is it fire season? Probably. I mean, it could be. Hmm. Well, we said
0: what well, that we were kind of early summer, so probably starting to get into it. Yeah late summer is your prime fire season but early summer will do it actually that is a good question have we had rain or anything like that recently in the area or does it
1: seem like maybe this is a early summer dry spell
0: well most of the grass is green most of the veld is green right now okay we're still
1: in pretty decently hydrated town
0: yeah, there's some tawny patches where it's starting to go a little bit brown. But for the most part, no, the veldt is lush.
2: Except you did mention that Penelope did see black marks along a hill. Oh, oh, right. Black marks on the hill. I did mention that, didn't I? I can't tell how far away it is, though, right? Or which is? Oh, the hill's uh, several hours away. Okay.
0: You're on big, broad, flat territory and you can see for ages.
2: So I think as well, after mentioning the large felines, Penelope is, has scanned the horizon as well and um, can't tell quite what it is, but also points to the hill. There's something up with the grass over, over yonder, and Penelope points. Yeah, it burnt. Oh, oh that, it. that would make sense. But how, I wonder. Grass fire? Lightning? I mean, that
4: happens. Huh. Mm. It does happen.
1: Yeah, I would guess lightning, but I thought we were out of that season. Well, I guess I haven't been here that much, so... Mm. Yeah, you would know as well as I would.
4: Well, we need to be careful, because if it is a grass fire, that can happen real, real fast. Mm-hmm.
0: It's true. It's absolutely true. And you make it out of the lavender into the dangerous half of the veld. Well, not half. It's much more than half, make no mistake. But the grass is green. Amber doesn't seem to notice or care and just continues frolicking. There are big old dragonflies darting around on the air. There must be a slew or something nearby. The air is a buzz with insects.
1: Well, let's try and find a good trail through here so that way we can keep an eye on stuff and uh, try not to run off too far, everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. At least for a while until we can know or at the very least get out of Cat Town.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Penelope gives a little whistle to try to uh, keep uh, Amber and Polly close to her. Polly listens. Actually, I think Penelope is going to um, Mount Polly. She can see further into the grass and watch for ambush predators.
0: Yeah, all right. Amber does a little yell at you.
2: Just like, hey, what? Hey.
0: As you take off, does not understand what's going on. Doesn't like being left with (laughs) Cobb.
2: Well, I think, um, so, uh, I'm going to keep pace with the group, but just be mounted, like, Okay. Yeah. Just to see a little better. Yeah, sure thing. Um, Cobb, can you uh, keep an eye on the little one? Make sure Amber doesn't run away too far.
0: Amber's as far from Cobb as possible.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amber
0: does not like (laughs) Cobb. Does not like Cobb even a little bit. I will do my best
1: and Cobb kind of Decides to saw it. I'm gonna need your help on this
0: one here. I <laughs> uh, uh, sir. Gideon crouches and gives Amber a little pet. It's like hi, baby. aw what you doing? Oh, you're hiding from Cobb. Yeah, he scooped you up. He scooped you all the way up, and you could too. Any of us could. Any of us could do it. Mm. If I had my way, your name would be Dinner. (laughs) And Amber gives a happy little bleat and enjoys the attention.
1: Now, now, let's not threaten our guests, even if they can't understand us.
0: Oh, (laughs) no fun. And... I think it is, let's see, you guys have been walking for some hours. It's probably about noon and the sun is not great. I mean, Tessa, you've seen worse. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake, you've seen worse. But the sun is not great. Like seeing worse doesn't mean that the
4: sun is not great. Doesn't mean that it's not just exceptionally humid.
0: Yeah, the air's all wobbly to look at. Yeah. You look at things in the distance and they're all woobly. Mm-hmm. From the heat, yep. And Gideon is just wilting. She's she's not built for extreme heat.
1: Are any of the big dragonflies still around? Yeah. I, I think Cobb is gonna stop then and kind of take a look around and just kind of go. Well, with with the dragonflies around, there's probably water around here somewhere, and things should be a little cooler
4: nearby. Let's let's take a look.
2: Mm. Sounds like a plan. Yeah.
0: Who would like to look for the water?
4: Tissa rolls just one success on sensitivity navigation. If that's enough, I could add discovery and see if I get lucky.
0: Yeah, I think one success will do the trick. You're not far from it. There's a little dip in the veldt, not far from you, that has filled up with water and gone all marshy. It looks like it was once filled much higher with water. There was probably a heavy rain maybe last week. Mm-hmm that is still kind of in the process of drying out. And in the meantime, this little slough has given the dragonfly nymphs a chance to get nice and big. There are birds splashing around in it and yelling at each other, flicking water around with their feathers. There are lions peacefully drinking at the side, raise their heads to look at you. There's a big old naughty tree nearby that's just ringed in dragonflies. The sun is high and hot, and the sky is cobalt blue, Maya blue closer to the horizon. Not a cloud in the sky. Oh, I did mention them. Oh, right. Oh, the lions are here. Yeah. There are, I'm going to say, four large, tawny cats. They are not like Striped, striped, but they're mottled. Their back is mottled in kind of a violet gray. They are enormous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're lion-sized. These are felt lions. And I think kind of like shore cats, they have a ridge of bony plating up their nose and all the way down their backs to their tails. They're not completely covered in plates like a shore cat is, but they're tough looking. They're tough looking and they can stay over there.
2: Uh, uh, those are huge.
0: <laughs> They're very big.
4: I mean, if you see them, like, no one's really interested in like, you know, fighting at the
0: watering hole. It's true; they just seem to be drinking. They are watching you. Make no mistake.
2: Guess if we stay on this side, we'll be okay. Have, has anyone else seen these cats before?
1: I've seen cats like this before. Yeah, these ones are stripey. I hope that they're friendly-ish. I don't want to mess with them.
0: Mm. The expression on their faces is not particularly friendly. But isn't that the way of cats? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Penelope has her... Is kind of like keeping her bow close. She doesn't want to use it and probably wouldn't be very effective being as... It looks like it would take quite a bit to take one down, but in case one tries to try anything, she's got her bow close.
1: Yeah, well, they are just big animals. If it came to it, I don't think they would hang around too long if you shot one with an arrow. I think
2: they would (laughs) run away.
1: But let's also not try and plug the cats.
2: Let's not. No. Not at all.
0: A couple of them are drinking. One of them has a pronounced slope to its back and is sitting pride of place in the middle of them drinking at its leisure. Another one, noticeably taller than the others, is sitting nearby keeping watch. And eventually the old lion gets up. And now that it's Walking, you can see it's thinner than the others, longer and shaggier around the face. And it swishes its tail and turns to walk back onto the veldt. And one by one, the younger lions follow, with the largest one watching you all until everyone has left and turning to follow the rest of the pride.
2: Whew. (sighs) Looks like they're going on to do their lion thing. Us you too. they <laughs> They're kind of cute. Hmm.
1: That was a lot closer than I wanted to get to those guys, but let's just keep our eyes open.
0: <laughs> mm, that's what they mean. Hmm?
1: I don't think we're very appealing as a prey source, saying as there are a lot of us, but you never know.
0: When I was little in Stageport, they always used to say to me, even lions respect their elders. And I didn't <laughs> know what that meant. Oh, I guess it means that. hmm I learned something. <laughs> Usually it was just mom trying to get me to work. <laughs> and Gideon sits down under that big, naughty tree. Seems a little revived, both by the excitement and by the nearby water source. And Sot creeps close to the edge and peers down into it. You can imagine he is expecting to see fish. He does not. But he does see some frogs. And when you're a kid, that's also pretty interesting. Frogs are rad. Uh, If there's frogs, this is
4: right there next to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Frog hunting with salt and tissa sounds very good. Aww. I mean, he's a trained fisherman. Mm-hmm. But frog catching, frog catching requires reflexes the likes of which he might not have yet. But he is little and spry, mm-hmm. which gives him a slight advantage. Once you move slow
4: until you can get Close
1: If you're going to go after them, at least take your shoes off. Trust
0: me. The frog jumps away.
4: And then that happens sometimes anyway.
0: (laughs) Right, Captain. And Amber and Polly, now that the lions are gone, approach the watering hole for a drink.
2: Penelope's still keeping an eye out just in case there are more more animals or they circle back. She's just keeping an eye on them, but letting them do their thing.
0: Amber is frolicking around and occasionally, like, playfully headbutts Pollyanna.
2: I'm sure she loves that.
0: Oh, Pollyanna does not like this creature. (laughs) She she hates this goat so much. (laughs) Oh. Oh. And you can see her raise one of her front hooves as if to just like, give a good stomping to, <laughs> but seems to look back at Penelope and think better of it.
2: <laughs> it's like when you introduce a kitten to a cat and the cat's like, uh.
0: I, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit this thing. <laughs> but she does, somewhat refreshingly for the party, realize that she can put a stop to the shenanigans by doing a large buffet with her wings. Which knocks Amber back for a tumble without actually, like, getting it. Mm. (laughs) Smart. Which uh, does provide a nice breeze to the area. It's kind of refreshing. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It is a little bit naughty.
2: (laughs) Careful, careful. And Amber, Amber, don't bug your bigger sister. Come on. Neither of them quite understand because I don't have that skill but
0: (laughs) you haven't got that skill
2: doesn't stop her from trying
0: no doesn't stop her from trying I think this is a good time to enjoy a lunch just a little road lunch at the watering hole
2: yeah yeah once they've had their drink Penelope checks on Polly and Amber and uh, I guess there's grass around which they would be fine with for their lunch I guess right
0: oh yeah Amber's been eating everything (laughs)
2: <laughs> and uh, Penelope finds some shade and starts to talk into lunch with everyone
0: yeah and eventually I think it's time to get back on the road do saw, so, and Tissa catch frogs Uh, I think that that's probably a subtlety roll I do believe that's a
4: subtlety roll Two, two, five.
0: Yeah. You can catch a frog. On subtlety survival. Yeah, Tissa just grabs a big old bullfrog. Just gotcha. And
4: she sort of holds it wriggling for a second and they look at each other and the frog struggles because it's going to continue to struggle. Yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, um, here quick.
0: Quick grab uh, if you got- want to grab. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Ah. And Sot successfully takes over the frog. I think. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. D- but down you go. Down, down you go, little guy. Sorry to bother you. And the frog, affronted, returns to what it was doing.
4: They always look so affronted. Yeah. Which I suppose makes sense.
0: I mean, especially if we pick good (laughs) up. Well, you can't expect frogs to be happy with being grabbed. Well, no.
4: They just have faces. Mm. I know that they don't mean the same thing, but like, you know, just a sort of mimes making a big frown.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with her fingers. (laughs) Gideon makes just like a real tight pouting frown, which is her (laughs) best approximation of the kind of face a frog makes.
4: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And I think she just has a good laugh at that one. Uh, Hmm.
4: Still a long way to go. Yeah. The felt's kind of nice though. Hmm. There's a lot of it. Hmm. It all gets different the more you go through it, it's it's everyone always is like the veldt is a thing, but there's just so many different ones. Every mountain is a little bit different, and just even out here, sometimes there's the hill makes things happen. Sometimes water collects someplace. Get to see different things show up in different places.
0: Yeah. The whole world's like that when you think about it. Yeah. The bigger a space is, the less one thing it is. Right? Yeah.
4: I do like the fuzzy veld grapes, though. Mm. Are they around here? Um, That one's a late fuzzy veld grape and Tissa points to some plant that's sort of overtaking some other plants around it. And those ones will be later. Mm. But there should be fruit around.
0: Just have to keep your eyes open. Mm. And I think it is time to carry on. And eventually, that cobalt sky changes to shades of red and orange. Listener, I don't know where you live, but I live on the prairies. Sunset takes forever on the prairies really does. From the time the sky begins to turn a little bit yellow to the time that all the light has faded is hours upon hours. Especially in the summer and especially in the northern latitudes. And as you may have guessed from my accent, I do live in the northern latitudes. And Milta's Velt is very similar. Hours go by and you see the sun dip. And the horizon turned green and gold. And another couple hours go by until the sun makes contact with the horizon. Ah, I see it is setting. You may say to yourself, it has only just begun. This is around the dinner hour. And it will be probably what we would reckon as nine or ten o'clock before the sun is completely gone. You have plenty of warning, at least. But night is coming.
1: We should find a good place to make camp.
2: Yeah, I would prefer to be fully tucked into camp before the light does set.
0: Yes, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it, listener? I'm ignoring them. It's just me and you. Sorry, I'm mugging.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is it um, still pretty, like, just open right now, or what other features? Oh, that hill. How far is that? Burnt Hill or an and are we going in that direction?
0: It is in the direction of where you're going. That is to say, the hill stands between you and the old capital. Okay. Whether you are going toward it is not my call.
1: Well, we should probably go somewhere where that we can get something to make a fire with. Mm-hmm. I doubt green grass makes a very compelling fire for very long.
0: Yeah. There there are occasional copses of stubborn little trees. But um
4: I mean, it's not hard to start a fire or keep one going, really. And just, you just have to just feel a little fuzzy. It's okay. This makes a valid point.
1: Let's also go see if we can't collect some rocks or something. Don't want to set all this on fire on accident.
4: No, that's the important one. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, listener, Harry Truman, Doors Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Wischel, Joe DiMaggio. Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. We didn't start the fire.
2: But the fire keeps burning. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Mr. Joel.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it.
0: (laughs) I couldn't. It came unbidden. (laughs) It was wrenched unbidden from my mind. The second I thought of starting a fire happened, I was like, but we didn't. We didn't do it. Not us. <laughs> it was all done.
1: <laughs> well, but, but, now, but now Kirsten's going to say that you owe her one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> shit, I do. <sighs> so, I suppose, Party, what I would like is I would like some survival roles have everybody gather up the necessary things for lighting a nice campfire. Okay. Not a dangerous campfire and not a smoky, miserable campfire, but a nice one.
2: Well, and I think Penelope is going to take some time as well. Um, well, actually, I think that my role will be to see how well Penelope does on this. Um, she's going to dig a hole and then a secondary smaller hole for air access so that the fire can be dug into the earth. Then you don't have to have a big opening, it's small, and then another air flow, and then you surround that with rocks.
0: Uh, you're constructing a little fire pit with a little chimney.
2: Yeah, and then it keeps it out of the wind, also less likely to spread. Okay.
0: It's a very smart Penelope we've got today. We've got a clever Penelope today.
2: Understanding survival? Yeah, yeah, go for that. Hmm. <laughs> One success and two edge successes. Wow, I'm doing, that was last week too. huh? I
0: have an edge success condition for you. Okay. The state of the mineral composition of this earth, this ground upon which you tread, is such that if a fire is lit in this hole that you have dug, it will flourish. However, anything cooked upon it will be icky.
2: Oh, icky as in, like, unedible or just... Unpleasant. Okay, so it would still be edible, but...
0: Yes, but icky. Will you make dinner icky?
2: Oh, how careful do I want to be about setting the rest of the area on fire?
0: Oh, one success, you will dig a fire pit. Two successes, you will dig the fire pit you have described to me with the airflow channel. However, if you keep the edge successes, which you will need to do in order to dig this elaborate fire pit, the ground will make it stinky.
2: Okay. You know, Penelope doesn't go halfway. So I think, and I mean, Penelope's probably not super aware of, like, having not been in the veld before the composition of the ground. So does what she would normally do in areas she's been before and dig said pit, not thinking about what that would do to the scent of the fire and the taste of food.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the ground smells a little bit weird as you dig into it. Like there's something in the soil here, but I don't think it registers. Nah,
2: just, yeah, this is the smells of the veld I don't know. <laughs>
0: what about our big, strong capitan? What is our big, strong capitan doing to further this cause of fire get? I think Cobb is going to clear the
1: area a little bit around the fire pit and then go try and find some some good fuel that we won't need to be spending too much time poking and prodding at. I would imagine you would have to re- refill, like, grass and twigs a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. I think I would like an adaptability survival, please. All right,
1: And I will also use Cobb's key of hospitality. He wants to make a good little campsite for everybody.
0: Little does he know. That it will be stinky.
1: It will be stinky, but it will be very comfortably stinky. That is three successes and three edge successes.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, the three
0: successes are enough that that you find in one of those little copses, you find a fallen tree. Fallen long ago to be dried out, but not long ago that it's rotten. In other words, you've got plenty of firewood.
1: I think Cobb will get to work cutting it into little pieces
0: it's chopping time
1: for the big man. I think he actually has a hatchet in his backpack. I don't think he's going to go at this with one of his swords.
0: I mean, hatchets are pirate equipment as well.
1: Yeah. Well, we've been camping enough. He's got basic stuff, you know, little trowel, yeah. hatchet. I mean, he's knife.
0: Yeah. It's axe time for the big man. Axe time, big man. Axe time, big man. I'm well, excited. I, I don't think it is a full axe, but yes, Axe time. I can't chant hatchet time. I can, but I didn't feel like it. (laughs) What is Tissa doing? Well,
4: Tissa stopped for a second and considered her glaive and considered the grass and, like, sort of gives it a tentative swipe and is like, this isn't a sickle either, hmm. So instead, she is going
0: to do some foraging. All right. The thing about glaives is that they chase all the grass away. Yeah. Like it bends away from them. It doesn't gather them up like a good sickle does. It doesn't gather things up as it cuts. No good for grass cutting. But foraging, ah. Now here's where Tissa is a master.
4: Apparently so. Oh, yeah. Sensitivity, survival
0: is three successes and one edge. Oh, heck yes. I think Gideon comes with you because you two have been on foraging trips before. Yeah. And she's learning what's edible and what isn't. Plus, she's just very curious about what's edible. Mm -hmm. It's Gideon. She's always thinking about food. And I mean, for good reason. Yeah. You find some really nice herbs you find some rad mushrooms near that slough. Big old meaty ones, too. Real powerful mushrooms. Some berries. Berries are great with mushrooms. Oh, and a wild, like, you know, three successes will definitely find you like a wild, like, grain. Oh. That can be like, if you take your time preparing it, can be steamed nicely. It's not going to be like polished white rice or anything, but... Mm-hmm. Definitely plenty nutritious.
4: Oh, we used to take this and uh, put it in teas. Mm. Or when you were steeping other things.
0: Ooh. Hmm. What would you stuff a goat with?
4: Um. <laughs> dried fruit and. Those, those herbs are really good when you're doing grilled things.
0: Uh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Penelope would be mad at me. Mm.
4: There's a whole lot of goats out of here. This is true. We will run
0: into others. Exactly. And I'm sure she won't befriend all of them. There's too many goats. There's a lot. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, berries. Are these edible? Uh, they're kind of a dark purplish and shiny. Mm, I don't like those. Mm.
4: I think they might be medicine, maybe. But they're not for eating.
0: But they're edible.
4: It, it won't hurt you if you eat them but I don't think you'll like it.
3: Mmm.
0: I see. She says in such a way to leave the challenge accepted implied as she reaches out for one of these plump little violet berries. As Tissa predicted, she puts it in her mouth and just flinches visibly. Takes a big gulp. All right. We learned something today about the berries. I hope that they are medicine, because I would like to get some benefit out of that. (laughs) And the sun continues to lower. By the time all your preparations are done, it is now a lazy half-disc sitting on the horizon, still working on a sunset that is going to take time. Penelope has dug us a fire pit into the earth. Cobb has chopped up a fallen tree and there's plenty of firewood. And Tessa and Gideon return with a bounty of mushrooms and grains and herbs. The makings of what would be a fine meal, except that as the fire is lit, there is an upsetting acrid smell that fills the area with the smoke. And as the fire passes out of that awkward phase where it just smokes more than it ought to, the scent does not go away. Rather, it lingers. Seems to stick to everything. It is sharp and acidic. And deeply, deeply unpleasant. Mm.
2: Penelope does that thing where you kind of wave the smoke out of your eyes. It can't be the tree. What what, is... now, what kind of tree was that?
1: The same kind that all the other ones were. And Cobb kind of looks at one of the pieces. I, I don't know. That might have been. It might be pretty tarry. He kind of looks at it. Eh, but the wood's not that soft.
4: And he just kind of shrugs and. Tessa uh, grabs a little branch and kind of puts her entire face into it. I. Mmm. That's not what I'm smelling. Well, I don't know what I'm smelling because it's this. It smells like everything now. Now um,
1: oh, the air tastes like bilge water. Gross.
4: Ugh.
2: Can I do the next one? Maybe you should do the next one. <laughs> the ground did smell a little funny when I dug the pit. I. I just thought. Ah. Oh.
1: Cobb kind of looks around. You know, maybe we're in a drained bog or something.
2: Mm. Oh? Huh.
0: Well, it's a good thing it's drained.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I guess maybe the scent will keep animals away.
4: Yeah, we've got that going for us, at (laughs) least. Sot's
0: kind of pulled his shirt up over his nose.
4: Tissa unties a scarf from her arm i think and passes it to sat uh, thanks tessa and makes a gesture with her left hand sort of like uh eh, anyone else
2: oh um thank you actually maybe here uh actually how far away are polly and uh, amber and how are they dealing with said unpleasant sense?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: i think polly
0: is further away than amber is Polly is more sensitive than Amber is. Okay. Amber doesn't seem to mind and is nosing around the campsite looking for something to filch. And Pollyanna is under a nearby tree with her wings folded over her face.
2: Oh, uh, thanks Tissa. Uh, Could I borrow this for Polly? It looks like the smoke is bothering her quite a bit. Would that be okay?
0: She will absolutely not permit you to tie a cloth over her nose. There's no way in hell she's going to let you do that. I'm not even going to make you roll for that. You, that's, <laughs> She's not going to let that happen. You flash back to a time you tried to put a hat upon her.
2: <laughs> oh, wait. It
1: did not go
0: well. No, it went terribly.
2: You know, on second thought, Tissa, maybe that might not work out how I originally imagined. Mm. But... I might partake in said scarf. Thank you. And kind of ties a bit of a scarf around her, like a bit of it sort of around her nose and mouth.
1: I think Cobb just kind of nips into his rum a bit and tries his best to make something with the foraged food.
0: I mean, look, Tissa did an excellent job foraging. Tissa did a better job foraging than Penelope did an edge success. So I think the food is edible. It would be better if there wasn't the stink everywhere, but it's pleasant otherwise. Well, at least dinner is good then. I think it is not quite sunset when Gideon starts yawning. All right, well, I guess now's
1: as good a time as any. Who wants to take first watch? While the fire should most likely keep the critters away, there's other folks out here.
0: It's true. Listener, there are other folks out here. You know it, and I know it, and all of my players know it as well. But for now, it's memory time.
2: My memory is Tissa and Gideon foraging. Adorable. Just like, (laughs) I can see Gideon, like, uh i'm gonna try it and then like just a bit like okay <laughs> if you if you <laughs> yeah
0: big my mom
2: energy <laughs> <laughs> also Gideon talking to amber in like a sweet voice but saying oh your name would be dinners." <laughs> also uh Gideon adorable this episode <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think actually mine has to be when we lit the bog fire because I actually did for a moment forget that that had happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, that was us?
1: And then as soon as Kat goes, and then the smell and I'm like, oh, right. Oh, right. I see, I see. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Okay, for a second, I thought you meant, I thought, uh, for a second, I was like, wait, we caused the fire that was on the hill earlier, but I thought this was the first time we were in the belt.
0: This is the time travel arc. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we're not responsible for everything that happens on this show.
0: It's true. It's absolutely true. Just most of the things.
4: I thought that it was interesting to see sort of the mixed reactions to the Predators.
0: Oh, yeah. I liked the lions.
4: I was was also very pleased that you decided that... uh, They got to have armor too.
0: Yeah, that's. I love shore cats very much. They're like one of, they're my second favorite creature in a Milta. Mm -hmm. Second favorite animal in a Milta. Because I do love whisper goats very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I wanted to give them armor. I wanted to give them kind of a, you know, respectful family structure like like lions have. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I could I could picture that spot the the watering hole and yeah it was a very very cool scene. I liked it.
1: Yeah, Cobb is not the character who would go tussle with the lions. That that was Ozzy. <laughs>
0: yeah, Ozzy would absolutely tussle with the lions. <laughs> Listener, if you didn't listen to Velt's stories, I gotta tell you, Ozzy would tussle with the lions. Ozzy would tussle with the lions. And. I say this from my extracurricular knowledge of the character, Marilyn would try to befriend them.: It would not work. It wouldn't work, no, but she'd try. It hasn't come up the times that we've met Marilyn on sort of symphonies, but she's a real animal lover.
1: It's not always requited.
0: No, not at all. actually, it did it did come up a little bit. she was she was very uh oh with with Pollyanna.
1: Yeah, she was very friendly with Polly. Yeah.
0: You know what is requited, listener? Your affection for us.
1: Well, we would hope so. You're listening to the podcast.
0: Yeah. We hope that you're having a wonderful time. And uh, we just think you're great. We're really grateful that you're taking the time to listen to us. And you're just wonderful. So thanks for listening. If you want to drop us a line with regards to stink fires, or which berries you shouldn't eat. You can do that on the peachgardengames.com website. There's a little email form that'll drop me a line personally. You can also find us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs and flip a coin there. It might be me, it might be Kathleen. And if you want to hang out with us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord, we hang out there along with a lot of other great people, I assure you. And we also have our own heroic discord, the pin of tweet. The HMS pin of tweet. The HMS pin of tweet. And finally, finally, if you would like to support us monetarily, ah, geez, ah, shucks, ah, heck. If you would like to do such a thing, there's a link to Patreon and Ko-fi on our website under the support us link. And If you don't want to support us monetarily, we get it. We're not going to demand it of you. We're grateful that you're here. But if you could leave us a review, gosh, would that ever be swell? That'd be just great of you. And if you are listening to this, Roar to Heaven is live. If you would like to hear what it is like when I am a jerk. Listener, don't make that face. I'm not a jerk on this show, listener. Thank you. Or if you want to hear Kathleen going full science fiction, Roar to Heaven is a actual play of my transparent anime fan game, Blazing Him. It is a blast. You're going to love it. 13 episodes of high-octane anime nonsense. Did I miss anything, gang?
1: I think you got it all.
0: I did it. The perfect outro.
1: And I guess with that... We'll see you next time, everybody.
2: Bye. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.
3: Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Word of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems, so you don't have to. Using our patented mini-campaigns along with one-shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, We want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. There you can find the systems we test, along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion Delos, Passionis, A Song of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more!